bad. Has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com to start enjoying scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Um, today we have a, a friend of mine, um, our outgoing OHSFCA president, uh, Coach Chad Grandstaff. Coach, how you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm doing good, my friend. I'm doing good. Um, glad we were finally able to get you on just kind of some hiccups the past week, but we're good. Um, coach, I mean, just before we get started with anything, um, you are currently helping out Bishop Rosecrans. Um, mm. how, how did that kind of, from where you started long time head coach to now kind of helping out there, how did you kind of end up at, uh, Bishop? Um, it's kind of funny, I guess, you know, I guess my career at this point in time is, is, is going full circle. Cause that's my first, uh, assistant coaching job when I was 21 years old um, I was an assistant at Rosecrans um, with my former head coach when I played at Zanesville Whit Parks he went to Rosecrans so um, out of college I still wanted to coach and you know and there's no better mentor and coach than than coach Parks that and especially I you know someone I needed in my life so uh, I started coaching when I was 21 and uh, and from there um, he went back to Zanesville as the head coach and I followed him as an assistant and we, we coached there. Um, and then he took a job in Minster, Ohio on the, you know, the West side of the state, you know, what the, the best small school league, um, in the state and most of the country, um, there. So, uh, it was great to be able to, to move over there and coach over there and see a different part of Ohio. Cause you know, I guess just coming from Zanesville, I guess some of my experiences were really limited as far as travel and some of that just growing up the way I did. But um, so then from there, um, I had left there and became an assistant at Maysville High School. It's a, a small community right outside of Zanesville. Um, and then I did that for three years. And then I went back to Zanesville as an assistant. Uh, for three years and then I got my first head coaching job at Danville High School which ironically is the Danville Blue Devils um, <laughs> which was pretty cool I guess for me because I was always kind of a Blue Devil um, and you know I inherited a team there that you know when I got the job I think the AD told me they said you know good luck you'll be four and six at best and you know you had 15 unsportsmanlike penalties the previous year Um they said these guys are they're they're you know, excited kids. They're high strung kids. They said they're good kids. They just get a little excited. If you know Danville kids, they're extremely tough kids. Yeah. Um, which that's what you know appealed me to that job as well. And Coach Parks kind of steered me in that direction too because he was a head coach there as well. So um, I went there and and I brought one of my uh, my friends with me that coached with me at Zanesville. But I just remember telling him after about two weeks, I just I had at that point I'd coached long enough. I think fifteen years. Um, as an assistant, I said, uh, we're not going to be four and six. I said, we got a chance to be pretty good. And uh, just because of their work ethic and their grit and just how tough they were and some of the sacrifices that I asked them to make, um, and they did, 
you know, everything I asked them to do. And, and we had a great season. We got to the, the, uh, the final eight, um, and went 11 and one, uh, which was extremely exciting for me, you know, my first head coaching job right out of the gate. And, uh, you know, I learned so much from those kids, uh, that year and, uh, we had a lot of fun. And then, um, it was kind of ironic because, you know, the first time around at, when the Zanesville job was open, I couldn't even get an interview, even though I was a Zanesville boy, you know, and I played with the four the one of the greatest coaches that coached there. And I played with, you know, one of the greatest players or a couple of the greatest players that ever played there. But one of them was Buster Howe. He's the first Mr. Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. He was a year older than me and he actually lived down the street from me. But uh, so, you know, I've seen some pretty good football, but I couldn't even get an interview. So which was kind of ironic. So I had to leave you know, which again, people are listening, you know, sometimes you got to leave, you know, where you're at, you know, to go get a job, I guess, to prove yourself if there's any type of doubt or, or whatever. And, and it's fine. You know, if that's where you want to be and go back to, then you can, because a year later they called me and said, Hey, you know, won't you come be the football coach of the blue devils? And, and, and I told Danville at the time when I got the job, I said, there's only one job I would leave for. I said, it would be Zanesville high school. You know, I, I didn't know that after one year that job was going to open because I had my Danville team. I had almost everybody coming back, you know, off of a, you know, regional quarterfinal team. And, and it was kind of hard to leave, but I was going back to my alma mater um, and that type of stuff. They had lost. Zanesville had lost for 10 years in a row, having under 500 football, had only been to the playoffs twice in the school's history. Um during that time in 1978, they went to the final four. That's back when it only took four teams. So they made the playoffs then. And then I believe it was in 1997 or 98, I was an assistant there. Um, so, you know, I could, but I also knew, you know, where I was going and what those kids were about. Cause Zanesville is, has a lot of tough kids, you know, and, and I, and I grew up there and I knew a lot of the parents, I knew a lot of the people. So I, I felt like I could turn that program around. So I went back there. And that's where, you know, I guess my second head coaching job started, but I ended up coaching there for 15 years um, and had, you know, uh, eight playoff appearances, two final fours, um, and just coached some great kids and, and great families, uh, being part of some great families during that time. Um, but after, you know, after about 15 years, you know, a lot with everything, you know, COVID changed a lot of things with just different things. And I just felt like, you know, after – I, don't know, I think it was like February um, after my, my 15th year completed, you know, I just started feeling like, you know, maybe, you know, we had got to the playoffs. We had another, we had a great season 2021. We got to playoffs. We got beat in the first round, but um, I just felt like maybe it was time for a change, a change for me. And maybe it was a time for a change for Zanesville high school. Um, you know, maybe they needed to hear a different voice you know, get a, maybe a different type of energy. You know, I'm not sure you, you know, anybody they put in is going to match my energy, but <laughs> maybe a different type of energy. And, a, and I, you know, being from there, I could coach those kids in a little bit different in a different way too. And that's how the parents wanted you to coach them. Um, I always used to tell my assistants that I hired, uh, you know, there's only one way to coach his angel kid and that's with one foot up his butt. So, and that's how the parents wanted it, you know, and, and that's how I did it. Um, and that's why we won a lot of games. We just out toughed a lot of people and it was a lot of fun, um, along the way, but it was time for a change. So I didn't have anywhere to go. You know, I didn't give that, that common re resignation speech as far as I'm going to go spend more time with my family and, or this and that, and then turn around and take another job. I didn't, I didn't have another job lined up. It was just time. Um, 
and I always said, you know, I include my family in all my football. So I don't, it's not about going and spending more time with them. They're with me anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, so from that point, you know, I was just going to take, you know, maybe take a year off and, you know, rejuvenate a little bit um, and end up coaching uh, middle school football. It takes us back to, to Rosecrans. Um, and that's where my son currently plays. And, and, and a lot of his friends uh, were there as well. You know, you know, once we start coaching there, we got some more transfers, you know, that just decided they wanted to go to Rosecrans and play middle school football. So uh, but we had a, we had a lot of fun. We had a great season. Um, and it's, and it's always fun. It's tough to coach your kid, but at the same time, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, you know, I wouldn't want to do it any other way, um, with that, but, and I coach a lot of my friends, kids too. And, and, and that's how we wanted it. So, and it's a tight knit group. Good. Now, now that takes me to my next part about a good group and a tight group is you, you obviously just finished up a run as our OHSFCA president. You've been involved with our association. I, I don't even know how long I just, I've always seen you there. Um, what, I mean, just, and, and I'm a big advocate of high school coaches joining their association. I don't really care what state you're in, just join your local and your state associations. I mean, kind of what drove you to be so involved in our association and kind of, I mean, you've kind of done a really good effort, um, to kind mm-hmm. of try to build that relationship with OHSAA. Sometimes it's a little harder than others. Um, but you, you have made some strides. What, what kind of drove you in that direction? Um, you know, again, I think I, I owe a lot of my success, you know, in any part of my life, again, the coach parts, my high school football coach. Um, and that's why I believe in high school football coaches. Um, I, I, that's why I think they're so important. And I think it's, it's what's missing, you know, in our society, you know, is this because the way society is anymore, everybody takes the path of least resistance, you know, every, if it's too hard, we're not going to do it. Well, one thing about football is it's never easy. It's always going to be hard. And it's, it's like the true grit of America, you know, of, of what's left, you know, outside of our soldiers um, and, and those type of things. So anyway, it was him because uh, he was involved and I was 21 years old. You know, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, a whole lot of anything at that point. Um, so he's like, come on, we're going to this clinic, you know, we're going to this clinic. And I was at the very first, um, clinic once it's, once they started having the association has been around for a while, but once that big clinic had, we used to have it at the Radisson over by the airport, you know, and that was my first one, um, when they had the banquet and all that type of stuff. So I've been doing, you know, since I was 21 years old, I've never missed, you know, one of our associations clinic and, and he was a director as well. And, Actually, uh, George Flairboom, which is the all-time winningest coach at Zanesville High School, um, he coached there for 20 years. I coached for 15, um, but I almost caught him. But uh, <laughs> he uh, he was the president at one time of the association, and then Ron Apperson, who is the one the coach who went to the the Final Four in 1978, was the president of the association. You know, Coach Parks was in line to do that, but then took a different job and changed some regions and some different things. So I kind of, I guess, you know, moved him out of that spot. But just during that time, you know, he, he made me understand, one, the importance of supporting, you know, the game of football, the kids, the coaches, and just everything about it. So, you know, and it kind of, I don't know, sometimes disheartens me a little bit when I go to some of these clinics and, you know, I see so many coaches out in the hallways and not in, 
in the the rooms listening and learning and, and all those type of things, you know. Um, so I felt like it was my duty. You know, it was my obligation. You know, football's done so much for me. You know, my head coach has done so much for me that I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that association. I want to be a difference maker um, and, and, and help make some moves and, and guide football in the right direction as, you know, as time, because it's, it's changing all the time. So that's kind of where I got in. I was an alternate first and, and then became a, a region director. And, and then somebody said, Hey, you know, why don't you start getting in the administration line? And we did, that's like a five-year process in itself, which, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, and then you finally get to be president and all that type of stuff. But um, it's just fun to, to try to continue to push this great game of football and, help these kids uh, any way we can in, in these communities any way we can. And, uh, you know, I had a, a great run as a president. I'll be the past president next year. So I'll still be in the mix, you know, and I'll still be doing stuff after that as well. I mean, I'm only 52 years old and I feel like I'm 32. So, you know, God <laughs> will out of time. Okay, coach. That's, uh, I get it. Like I said, you, you do have, you have some great energy. It's always mm -hmm. hilarious to watching you and uh, Steve there go back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the one real scheme question I have, cause we'll hit on head coach stuff after this, but like you were a long time, I formation guy and then mm -hmm. Zanesville, I would, I would say Zanesville probably helped spark some of the spread changes throughout Licking County, Muskegon County, and a couple of the other counties out there. You were kind of one of the first big ones to make that you Granville, yeah. or kind of the two that kind of started really pushing some of the spread stuff. What was kind of the cause from a long time? Hey, uh, we're under center. We got this mentality. And then now we're two, three, four wide receivers. Everybody's mm -hmm. running out. What was kind of the mentality and the reason for change there for you? Um, I mean, it was it, it was a couple of things. One, you just – I kind of looked at the talent I had, you know, coming um, with that. And Zangel's kind of always been in the past. I mean, from Zangel's inception, you know, all the way through, it's been known as like tailback – you know, there's tailbacks, you know, it's got running backs, really good running backs. And we had Mr. Football. We had people go, you know, to the, in the, in the fifties and sixties and the seventies go to the NFL that were running backs and, and play some other positions too. But so it, we always had big offensive lines and those type of things. So, um, and also during that time, I mean, football was pretty much the eye and people, if people ran, put two receivers out there and that was a big deal back in the eighties, you know, you know, and everybody ran a 50 and, and, and all that type of stuff. So, I mean, man, that, that would have been easy to cover some of that stuff. So it was basically line up and smack you in the mouth and see who wins. But um, so I knew a lot about Coach Parks, Randy, I, and the wing T. So I had a lot of, you know, run the ball, you know, drilled into me uh, a whole lot, which, you know, I still believed in um, and those type of stuff. But when I got the job at Zanesville, I had, a, a, again, a really good tailback, um, a, a good offensive line and all that type of stuff. And that's what I had there for the first couple of years. So I knew I could live on that for a little bit, just, you know, some big, strong tailbacks and those guys, but guys, but more, you know, there's more and more athletes starting to play. And cause on defense, I ran a three, three, you know, I, I didn't ran this, didn't run the, the standard four, four or anything like that. I wanted to get all the athletes on the field that I could, you know, and that was my, my thing is I want fast people, you know, on the field. So, I, so as I'm looking down, from ninth grade down, there's just, there's just athletes, you know, and maybe not quite as big a kid as we always had. So I'm thinking, okay, 
you know, we're going to have to make a change here. You know, so I started studying and I had a, and I had a group, the 2013 group, you know, as I was looking down through in the, in the group, the 2012 and, you know, the, the 2011 group that they're all kind of right there. And I'm like, you know, these guys are, you know, we're not as big, but man, they're fast, they're athletic, they're, they, they got just all these skill positions and they're tough, you know? So I was already studying, you know, two, three years ahead of time for these groups that were coming. I mean, I'm, and at that time, you know, Louisville was great in the spread. You know, I, I was studying the crap out of them. I get all the film, I'm like a film junkie. So I get, you know, back then you didn't have huddle. So you're getting like DVD tapes and, or, and first of all, it was VCR, then DVD. And yep. when I throw the reel, but, um, and all that type of stuff. So I just start collecting all that stuff and just and studying and studying. And again, I was married. I didn't have any kids. So, uh, and that's what I always said at Danville. Cause when I was at Danville, I wasn't married and I'd have any kids and I'd be up till two in the morning watching film and I would get something. I'd, I'd figure something out, you know, I'm watching film and I would text, you know, one or two of my assistants at like two in the morning on a Sunday night or a Monday night. And it'd be like, I got it. You know, like, cause I just, cause it's, I didn't, it's just what I did, you know? So, and I still do it now cause I just love watching film. I mean, even though I don't coach, I'm on like a lot of people's, like they give me their huddle access and I kind of, I don't know, I, I just kind of consult a little bit. Um, mostly just cause I love to watch film. You know, I just ask them, Hey, can I, can I, you know, get your huddle account? I want to watch I mean, I do a lot with pick North and, and, you know, and some other, some other schools too. So it, it's just fun um, with that. But, so moving from there, I saw these kids coming. So I started studying. So when I got here, I mean, I was ready, you know, to move. I felt comfortable with everything that we were going to do. And it was a big change, you know, 100% um, with all that. And, you know, the, the biggest thing was, you know, the, the offense, I had a really good offensive line. So really with the offensive lines I had, we could have ran the eye, you know, but uh, we just didn't have that big 210-pound tailback that, can take a beating and just keep on going the years before that I did, you know, that's some really good big tailbacks um, that could go, but, but I mean, we had quarterbacks, receivers, DBs, linebackers, you know, linemen that could move and all that. So um, that's when we made the switch and, uh, and it was great. You know, I loved it. And, and I, and I can remember what really made me believe in 2013 when we became full bore spread, you know, and they always told me you can't just dip your toe in it. You know, you got to do it. You know, and I say 2012, I was kind of still dipping a little bit, you know, and we had a nice team. We got to the playoffs, but we had all those kids back. And I remember having a coaches meeting and I just had like, like poker chips and I pushed them all to the middle of the table. I said, I said, we're all in. I said, cause this group right here, I said, can, can make a run. You know, I said, so everybody needs to put all their chips in the table. I said, I you know, not that, you know, people weren't already coaching hard and all those type of things, but I needed that focus because uh, you don't get those teams all the time. <laughs> so, um, so we did that and, and, you know, it, it just kept going, you know, from there. And, but it was the Ursuline game, you know, part of my thing too, when I got back to Zanesville, you know, I, the, the previous year they went four and six. And then we, my, I got that, that group. Uh, in my first year, we went eight and two and got in the playoffs. I mean, it took eight teams, and we're Division two, and we're playing Columbus to Sales, and, and we we weren't like ready for that, and not at that point in time. Um, but but one, it was just about things we hadn't won in ten years. I got to get this place excited. We did that. 
we, you know, we won some big games. We won eight games. We get in the playoffs, haven't been in the playoffs since like 1997 or something like that. So this was two and this was 2007. So, um, but we played Columbus to sales. I mean, we're just getting molly whopped. I mean, it was like 48 to nothing. I think when the game was over or something, I remember telling my coaches, I said, I am never living through that again. I said, so we're going to have to work harder and get smarter. Um, we're going to, I wasn't going to, we're going to beef up the schedule. I'm not, you know, if we're, I'm not going either. We, we, we deserve to be there or we go four and six and we don't get in, but I'm not getting whooped in the playoffs like that again. So, um, and I kind of helped turn the corner. So, you know, I'm, we're looking for games, you know, and, that, and that's when we start playing Dover and New Philly and they're, they're doing, you know, at that time doing great, you know, especially Dover's doing big things. And, and then we had an open date, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, we're going to play Ursuline. And my coaches are like, Oh my gosh, you know, and that's cause they were like thriving at that time. And I said, well, I said, we, we got, we got to get better. We just, there's, if you don't know what it looks like, how can you get any better? Plus, and I'll tell you this in a minute, but, the, the best thing about playing like really good teams is you get really good film. Like, like we played the sales, you know, we're trading film, right? So I'm getting three and four. I got five of their best games of people they played. And then, you know, when you play these teams, you get, you see really good football and you're like, and you can always take something, you know, and how can they, you adapt it to your program? That's why, you know, I had my film, my huddle collection was so big, but, um, but so it was Ursuline game and, we played them the the first year, and they beat us nineteen to fourteen in a battle, and that was in two thousand twelve. And uh, the uh, and we just you know again tried to figure. So we ran it back the next year. And the nice thing about playing you know the Ursulines of the world and some of those people is they can't find games. So you know that year we played them. They said uh, they said well maybe next year you can come back to our place. I say yeah we'll see it. We'll do a one year deal right now though. You come down to our place. So they came down. So the next year comes around. We still got that date. And they still had that date. They said, hey, are you going to come up to our I said, no. I said, I'm not coming up. I said, but you come back down here if you want. And they just need games so bad. Like, they kind of have to go. <laughs> you know? So, that was, so we had, like, eight home games. I mean, it was great. But uh, so they so they came down that next year. And and we it was, again, it was a battle again. Because, again, I had an offense. They had a big offensive line, big quarterback. Just, obviously, they got skilled kids everywhere. And my line was good too. And it was just a battle back and forth. And and we were spread, but I was probably still maybe running it. We were probably still 50-50 run pass, you know, which is which is good. But it got to the point where we got down a touchdown or maybe 10 points early in the third. And and that's when I just looked at my coaches. I said, I said, I'm done. I said, we got this, we got this great quarterback. I said, I got these receivers. I said, I'm not running it unless maybe just to change it up. And then I just, I just quit. I just quit running it. We just started throwing it every play. We're just throwing it and it is, we're just piecing them up at that point. And just, and then for, you know, we're hitting verticals on them. I mean, so we score, we're still down three and our defense, we always had good defense. I mean, our defense, our kids are just tough and they play hard. So we're defensively, we're okay. I mean, we got them figured out. Now, if they caught the ball in, in the middle of the field in space, I mean, they got dudes. So it was hard to, you know, they break one loose on us. But for the most part, I mean, our D-line's getting after them, you know. 
and that type of stuff. And then, so we get the ball back, boom, hit him with another vertical. I mean, uh, and then we, and then we just finally took the lead and beat him by two touchdowns. And after that game, we just never looked back. I mean, it was, we'll run it every now and then, but uh, we're going to throw that thing. And we weren't like a running, like we're not like a uh, like run and shoot or anything like that. It was just, I had concepts of teams that I studied and stuff that I, you know, I had from coach Sparks, you know, he was more of a run guy, but you know, he had some, some good pass plays too. And just stuff I took and you just borrow, beg and steal from people. I mean, if you watch enough, enough film, you're just like, that plays unbelievable. You know, you can get something that fits, you know, into your system and the kids that you have. And, uh, and, and really that's, that's what we did. And we, and the crazy part is we didn't run it. All we ran and run wise was zone zone right zone left and it was all it was all inside zone you know for the most part um every we would throw in a wrinkle every now and we would pour our tackle around um we called it truck for you know we blocked down and a backside tackle would block out because they're rushing upfield and our other tackle would loop around and go block the backer and i mean that would pop open all the time um we didn't run a lot of trap uh hardly we'd ran some quarterback iso if somebody was giving it to us you know we would do that so we had a couple other things in, but we did all we did. We just ran zone, and that was the it, it made practice easy because that's just all the line worked on zone right, zone left. I mean, it's always working on technique, technique. What if you get this twist stunt? What if you know was against a forty, a fifty? You know what? What are they doing? They bring a they walk a backer up. We do. I mean, that's all we ran, so there wasn't anything they weren't really prepared for. You know, so it made it nice that way. And you know, we just had our running backs. They're always chasing the center. They're just cutting off the center. You know, is. And, and and that type of stuff. And, and meanwhile, we're just out there doing seven on seven and running routes and catching a boatload of balls. And we and really, like I said, our run play was zone with a wrinkle every week. And pass wise, we had four base routes that we ran. And then we probably had I I, I called it one man game, two man game, or three man game. So you know the back we were in like three by one. I lived in three by one. Um, early on i wish i would have did more doubles though because as i again get older you get smarter i mean two by two kind of jacks with defenses a little bit but um we're a lot of three by one because i want to see what you were doing i mean if i go three by one um and you're playing you know with a corner that plays you know seven or eight yards off and an outside backer that's splitting the difference and a safety that's at 12 yards then I, I mean, I'm excited, you know, cause I call it to me, you call it what you want. You call it quarters. You call I'm, mean, I mean, that's cover three to me. I mean, we're, we're going to flood you all day long over there. And cause I just, we're just going to, we're going to eat that up, you know? So that's first thing we're doing. And the first thing we'd always do too, is, you know, how, how deep is the corner and really how deep is that safety? And if, if we looked out there and I got three receivers out there and all I can see is two people out there, a corner and outside backer because the safety sent back at 12, 15 yards. I mean, we're just going to throw the bubble. I mean, it was automatic. I mean, the first uh, – any our quarterback could check to the bubble anytime he wanted. He'd look out there, and we studied it. And, you know, he knew that if he looks out there, he just sees two people, and we got three guys. Well, we're going to block those two. And and we kind of ran – we ran – we called – we had bubble, we called bail. Bubble was to the third receiver. The other two guys crack. You know, we ran that. But teams get really good at defending that, you know, and you always get a holding call on it because officials love to call holding on those receivers out there when they're blocking their butt off. All right. So we ran what we called bail, which was one, an easier throw and an easier catch for both people. So this went to the number two receiver. So he would just take jab step and then turn pivot and show his chest. And what we did with number one, the outside receiver, 
he would crack the uh, outside backer. All right. Number three would, it's basically a trap play is what it is. Number three would Luke go around that block and go get that corner. Meanwhile, number two, he's just, he's just bailing straight out, showing his chest quarterback flips his hips, throws, and we would get it to him so fast. So it's like our, our receiver had a lead blocker. The only guy that can really get you is that safety. So those safeties start cheating down to 10 yards. We didn't always run it as much, but if you're going, if you want to cheat down to 10 yards and we're going to run vertical and switch route at you all day long. So, cause I mean, I was, we were definitely a vertical passing team. We were not <laughs> horizontal, I guess. And we probably took six shots a game. I mean, just because one, it was fun. And two, we had guys that could do it, you know? So, uh, but that, that play, and I actually got that play right there that I just told you from, Maybe maybe it was Mentor back then that ran it with um um oh boy this got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Oh um, crap. Yeah. But uh really if yeah, I can really, see his face, can't think of his name. Yeah, really good coach. And I was at a high state clinic again. I, I, I don't I sit in all those meetings. You know, if I can get in the front row, I'm getting in the front row. This is actually when it was at St. John's Arena. Um, so it was way back. Um, but I'm sitting there and and they were all spread, you know, because they, they were doing really well. And he's showing all his stuff, and some of it was elaborate, so whatever. I'm like, oh, my kids, I can't, my kids ain't, we're not gonna be able to teach that. But he showed that, and I'm like, that's just like genius right there. It was easy, you know. But that's what I mean about going to those clinics and you sit in those meetings, and you might be like, oh my gosh, this is 50 minutes of really stuff, but you can always get a nugget. You can get one thing from every coach you listen to. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It was a game changer for us. I mean, it, I mean, we made a living on that play. But um, so yeah, like I said, so we never, we never look. I know I got into some football stuff there. But. Oh, you're good. You're good. Keep, keep, hell, I'm joining this. I'm writing some of this down. So, so yeah, so like I said, we only have four base plays, and and that wasn't one of them. Those were like our other plays, you know, because we ran, you know, obviously we had a, we had a dig route, which is a flood. I mean, again, if you were playing any kind of quarters or cover three look or whatever i mean number one's going to run a, a depending on how fast your receiver is and all that type of stuff typically uh 12 to 14 to 15 yard in route number two um what we taught him to do he's the clear out guy all right so um and he so he his job was to bend it a little bit towards the corner all right but head back towards the safety because we didn't want that safety to come down and try to rob any of that dig either. So, so he would bend it enough. And what I mean, you know, instead of running straight out, he would just bend it about two yards outside of a vertical, a vertical, just enough to get that corner to get nervous, to stay off of that dig and then head back in towards the safety at the same time after about 10 yards or 12 yards just to catch safety's eye. So basically those two are covering one guy that we're not throwing to anyway. And then the outside, then number three, he ran a five yard out. So the outside backer jumped him all day. So our quarterback had an easy read. He, all he did was read the outside backer. If the outside backer ran with the five yard out, we'd hit the dig. If he dropped, you know, cause he's and again, if you're well coached for the most part, you will try to take away the dig and give up that five yard pass. Um, if he dropped and we would just, just hit the five yard out, you know, and take what they give us, you know? So, and then the only other guy you got to worry about is that front side backer, but, um, we would just adjust our dig and we always ran on hash for the most part. So that outside backer usually couldn't, or that inside backer, my fault, couldn't get there. Um, and we, and we did a lot of, 
back then I didn't do a lot of side cart. I did a lot out of the pistol. So everything came downhill with those two inside backers and the outside backer. So even when we did our sprint out, we were in the pistol. So my, our quarterback would just open and the running back would just come down and show his arms and like, we're going to run zone right there. And that just froze those backers. And that outside backer took one more look longer than what he needed. And then that back would just veer off and, and we kind of built a wall. So the front two linemen would take two steps and hinge. Well, the front two guys would lock on my fault. And then from the center back, they would take two steps and, and, you know, hinge, take the, the, the most dangerous people, whatever. And a running back was in charge of anybody that came off the edge. But just him coming from a pistol set just slowed everybody down over there. Um, so they couldn't just run out on us all the time because some of the years before that, I would like side cart it and we called it king and queen. But and then, you know, they're just running out there. And I would like do the whole uh, slide protection and our quarterbacks. I mean, only in my whole time, only coached two quarterbacks that were over like six, two. So some of our guys were five, eight, five, ten. So I'm like, we, we we're sliding everybody out there. The defense, it's like everybody just moved. We still can't see. So I quit doing the slide and did the whole step and hinge, build a wall and, and uh, let our quarterback get out there and, uh, and be able to see a little bit. Um, Cause we didn't have those six, four, six, five quarterbacks in 2015 with our final four team I had a six, four uh, quarterback. He was my nephew. Um, that helps. But um, with that, but so that's kind of what we did. And like I said, we had those, those, that, that was a dig. We had what we called sale, which is basically a smash, a three man smash route outside. Number one ran us with hitch. Number two ran a corner route and number three ran a 10 yard out to find a window and uh, that one was tough because, again, that outside backers is kind of screwed. I mean, if you want to go to the with hitch, we're going to hit that 10-yard out because um, a lot of times I sent – a lot of – it's some one of my guys is just a decoy. He's a clear-out guy. But the difference was our quarterback always checked him first, though. So on his sprint out, you know, he taught our quarterback, as soon as you, you know, flip and can see, you check the clear-out guy because – because some teams start to figure it out, right? They're like, oh, he's always got a clear out guy. Well, okay, don't guard him because we're going to throw it. So we would throw it. So people were like, well, you, you, you got to guard him. You know what I mean? So it just made it, I don't know, made it fun. You know, I mean, again, it always didn't work because, you know, we didn't win a state championship. <laughs> we got beat. So, but, um, so, and then, uh, so we had that sale. We had what we called sideline. This is, this is a great route right here. I, I can't remember where I, I don't know that I got it from anyone. I think I just – because I am I was a defensive guy before I was ever an offensive guy because I love defense. Um, but because I had such a big defensive background and I knew people were playing quarter, quarter, half or, you know, cover three or – and some of that type of stuff, I'm like, okay, how you – I don't know how you're going to stop this play. And it, it didn't get stopped a lot of times. I mean, so many people have – you know, got taken this route from us, which is, which is great. No call even tell me too. like, we'll do seven on seven. The coach walked by recognize that route. And I'm like, yeah, cause you never see it. Basically what it is is number one runs a vertical. So that's my clear out guy. Right. Number two runs an out and up, whatever you want to call it a chair. We called it a sideline cause he was going to run a five yard out and then bend it and run up the sideline. Um, so he's chasing number one, number one's clearing out the corner. And then I tell him, too, once you get it up to about 14 yards, you start bending towards the safety because now you got the safety scared. So, again, I got the corner locked on. I got the safety locked on. 
who's going to guard the out and up because the outside backer is going to stay. He's going to hang out down there. All right. So we'd hit that ball at 17, 22 yards on a rope every time. And those safeties, you know, they get pretty good because they practice it all week. They scout. They'd start trying to rob that thing, um, which that was the only person that can make that play is the safety. Um, and you got to be good at it. And he's got to come from a long way um, to do it. Um, so it was just, it was just tough, you know, for, for people to guard. So, but that was one of them. And then number three, and that's where we started. Number three, originally we had him running the five yard out also. So you got both those guys running what looks like two five yard outs. Um, and we did that just to make sure we kept that outside backer down so we could see that hole better, you know, um, cause again, I, my quarterbacks weren't real tall. I just want to be able to see and have vision. Um, so we would do that. And, um, and like I said, it was a nice route. Now, when I'm safe, you start coming over robbing it. I would tell number three, you go run a 10 yard out. So if that safety wants to go over there and rob that thing, all right, then we're just going to hit a little, you just leave that big old space right there. And that would hold that safety off. And, 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 you know, sometimes we'd also just run a vertical at him too. You know, we would do that also just to keep safety out of the mix. Um, so that was what, that was the third route. And then uh, the fourth route, we got sail, dig, sideline. Oh, I mean, we ran verticals. I don't really count that in my four though. That's just, everybody runs verticals. Um, and we were an all signal team. You know, we, I, I did wristbands. I mean, obviously did a huddle, I huddled up. But then we went to cards, you know, cards was a big thing. Everybody's holding up cards, did that, you know, which was kind of cool. Um, and then, um, and, and it was kind of, because I always put some on edge stuff on the cards, like, I don't know, just, just different stuff on the cards. Probably shouldn't have been on cards. But, um, and then we did the, we did the wristbands, but I'm, I just didn't feel like we were going fast enough still. Yeah. So we went to the signals and, uh, and we had uh, run signals and pass signals. We had three coaches up there. You know, one was live. The other two weren't. Um, you know, then one coach was going to give you the the um, the cadence. You know, if you look at him, he's whatever signal he's doing is telling you. What's, and our cadence was just red, white, blue. You know, we had two different. We had a black 18, black 18, go, and all that, but. I mean, I don't know if Zane's going, if we ever try to go on two, I mean, we're going to lose five yards ourselves. So we, instead of going like red, white, blue, blue, you know, we would just use a whole different cadence. Yeah. You know, we'd switch it up that way. And, or we go on first down. A lot of times we just went on say go, you know, and team, you know, people were like, well, aren't you worried about they're getting us? And I don't care. Our guys know when we're getting off the ball. I don't care what the defense knows. I mean, you know, so we just kept it moving um that way so then we had back at one man game which i love that and one is because a lot of times it's one-on-one yeah. back here and you that that split end receiver out there it's usually the longer receiver bigger receiver and just get down so that's kind of it's kind of how we got there and then it was amazing how many how much better we got on defense too because uh, we had all those athletes coming out playing yeah yeah um so it made it nice I, I get it. Like that's that's where if you run those odd front defenses, you kind of can run, put more athletes on the field, and then yeah. like run a good spread kind of helps that. So, yep. Um, just from t- some some time constraint stuff, we'll do. We might have to do another episode at some point. But my my one of the questions I want to ask you because you were a head coach at <laughs> school, and you did it for fifteen years. Um, what 
tips would you have for younger head coaches, whether they're brand new, whether they're still really like year one, year two, what recommendations do you have for them? Yeah. I mean, I would say, and I'm still that way today. Um, like if you can go watch someone else practice, go watch someone, I'll, I'll start that with go to the clinics and go sit in the damn meetings and pay attention. I mean, and cause you'll get stuff now do, and I'm not talking so much about the college coaches either. Cause they get their kids all day, every day. You, you don't. So go listen to the high school coaches. Those are the ones you want to go listen to. And, and you, so it starts there, you know, and then, well, I mean, and stay off of Madden and put, quit putting in Madden plays. You know, that's ridiculous too. You know, no, obviously, you know, I mean, from top to bottom, number one, you better get in the weight room. I mean, I'll, I'll start there. I mean, you better live in that weight room. And, uh, and then as soon as, you know, we were allowed – you know, to, to throw and those type of things. I mean, we were throwing and, and I mean, I know coaches, you know, like right now, this is, you're about seven or eight weeks away from week one. And some of them haven't, haven't even really thrown yet. I'm like, I, I don't know how you do that or, or done anything. You know, they didn't take advantage of the extra days that they had, or I, I, I just don't know, you know, how you don't do it. So, yeah. but you know, do the work, but, um, you know, definitely, if you can get out and watch other people practice, that is so huge. Um, it's so huge to to see how they do things. You'll you'll pick little things up, like you know, back when I first started. You know, we did. You know, we started out with special teams. We did kickoff, right? So we're gonna do kickoff. Well, you know, I got twenty two guys out there, but there's a whole lot of guys just standing there. So then I went to a clinic, and they're like, "Yeah, well, we're working on kickoff team. Uh, the extra point teams down on the other end." I'm like, that just makes all the sense in the world because those are two different body types completely, mm. you know, maybe, you know, they're the wings, but we, again, get more kids on the field, right? So that's how I start practicing, you know, the kickoffs working from the 40, working on kickoff and the extra point team is down there working on extra point. And, you know, in 10 minutes, you get a lot of reps in um, for two different um, or 15 minutes. However, you get a lot of reps in for two different units. So we would look, you know, anywhere we could double up, um, we would. Um, and then, I, like I said, for, for young coaches, I mean, just keep it, keep it simple. Just be good at what you're good at. Like I said, that 2013 team, I mean, we ran zone, four base pass plays, you know, and now again, when I, we probably had another 12 or 15 other pass plays, but, um, but we lived on those four 100%. And and what you do in seven on sevens in the summertime, make sure it matches what you do when it's game time. Don't run seven on seven routes. Don't throw the ball through the line of scrimmage. You mean the running back team up the middle of the field? Is that what you're talking about? That, oh, that? those teams are out of me because I mean we 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 had a lot of fun with seven on sevens throughout those years. That's a whole nother conversation. But we actually won the championship here and got to go down to a DC and play um, in the national tournament we got to the championship game actually in 2015 and played uh Pulaski Academy and uh had it won and we got beat and with like three seconds left or and they ran kind of one of those plays yeah where you had to throw it I said man that must be a midget offensive tackle right there because he's got hit in the back of the head but either way um so yeah so be consistent with what you're doing um with that and and, and watch film I mean just get all the film you can and watch film and, and see if you can use any of it.
Now, I, I will say in one defense, I, we did run the running back steam play twice this year in a game. And it worked. And we did score on it. But yeah. but that running back I had ran a four, six, four, seven. And yeah, he, he could run. Yeah. Like, yeah. Did he, did he go through the line? Did he go right off the edge of the tackle? He went, he, the first time he went through the guard and tackle, the second time he went right off the tackle. Um, yeah. We always taught him to find open space. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it helped. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Um, so, like, the last like question I have for you before we finish this up is I let somebody in the weight room. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> is um kind of going back to offense and like you hit on some some really good stuff and I gotta figure out how to label this so people actually like watch that whole section because there's some really good nuggets you put in there. <laughs> like yeah. I, will, I will give you credit because those were like I wrote actually I wrote down some good notes there. Like from a practice point with that okay we're going to yeah, when when you give when you give your stuff away like that, people are like, "Oh man, you just told him some of the stuff here." I said, "Well, one, everybody has film." I said, two, they're going to practice against us." As a three, I said, "They don't know when I'm running it though, so it it doesn't none of that matters, right? It's just who cares." So, but like from a practice standpoint, you hit on a little bit, but what did a typical offensive practice? How did you how how detailed you get with it? Like, what did your offensive practice schedule look like? Um, you know, it, again, we, we would try to keep our practices under two hours uh, as much as we can, especially as the week went on, as far as between hitting and time on the field, like Monday. And and I know a lot of people like they use Monday as, oh, well, we watch film and that's our helmet and shoulder pads day. And no, Monday was our big, because we, we met on Saturdays. I give the kids Sundays off. So they had they, and their kids, right? I mean, they're yeah. they're teenagers. They bounce back quicker than whatever. So Monday was our hard day, you know. So that was our big hitting day. I mean, we would hit um, and do a lot of that. We we do the install stuff too, um, but that was the longer that one. That practice was probably two hours and fifteen minutes, two hours and twenty minutes. Um, then Tuesday would be two hours um wednesday was about hour 45 minutes and then thursday practice which we actually script thursday practices like we do like a first half so we'd script our first 10 plays or whatever um and we would script the whole practice you know we throw in all the special teams um it was really it's a it's it's a cool thing i got that from one of my assistants who's actually the head coach of westmouth kingdom now but um so we did that which was really cool but um, but our practice is basically, you know, we would, we, we, everything we do, we start out with something team oriented. Um, and one of the big things I did, we did every practice, well, Mondays, especially is we do, we call them team bags. You know, we would do our little, we'd have quick position group meetings on the field demonstrations. It wasn't like sit around talk time. It was only, it was only for like five minutes. So you had to get it popping. So, and then we would do our little dynamic warm up. um, real quick and that was all pretty fast too because i'm not a big warm-up guy i mean it, some of those people spend a lot of time warming up i mean i'm a big feed the cats guy you know, i don't know if you ever read feed the cats yeah, I, I, that's how we run our I, stuff yeah i think he did some stuff on that but uh i agree with that 100 percent. especially i had a couple games that way i mean we're playing somebody and there's a big old a big break and they're like uh coach you got uh 18 minutes to warm up i was like what 
you got 18 minutes. I mean, we beat the dog snot out of that team. So I was like, I'm done. I'm done with these warm-ups to the point where referees would come and be like, hey, are you guys going to warm up? I'm like, yeah, we warm up about 25 minutes, and then we just go. I mean, we're not going to play the game before the game, you know, because you're trying to put it in and figure it out at that point. You're late. But um, so, um, you know, so we did that. So we did our dynamic warm-up. Then we would go right to team bags, which, again, is just step-over dummies. We had 10 of them, so five and five. We had our kids getting two lines. It was just a team. It was just a rah-rah thing. And we got a little, like, a little circuit we do right there. Uh, but it really just got their energy going and their focus going. So that was like on Mondays, on Tuesdays, we would go right to a progression tackle. I teach a progression tackle, been doing it forever. Um, and, and I love it uh, that we do. And it's on bags. Um, uh, so you said, actually, we did that on Wednesday. That was our Wednesday, like our Wednesday hitting because we wouldn't hit on Wednesday. Um, you know, and Tuesdays we did something else. We did something team oriented um, that way. And then we would go right to special teams. Um, and, and hit one or two of them with that. And we only would do one or two because in our scripts, we would hit them again. Uh, okay. We threw that in our script. Um, it might be anytime we had a transition, we were going to finish. Even if we're just going to go like, get a whole team water, we're going to finish with punt or we're going to finish with, with kickoff or whatever. And I would practice the crap out of punt and kickoff. People would be like, you need to practice more uh, punt return and more kickoff return. And which I'm not saying maybe we, we shouldn't, but those are, we had pretty good schemes for that too, but those are just dudes making plays. If you can't, if you can't one punt and go down and cover, protect your punter and go down and cover, or two go down and make the tackle and kickoff, then you're in trouble. You know, the rest of that stuff's bonus. You know, as far as I looked at it, but uh, so we would do that, and then we would go right to um, like individual. So quarterbacks doing their thing. So we do. It was this indie group and team, but we had a lot of indie. We'd have indie. And then we had like, I called it like ND plus where now the quarterbacks are with the running backs. And then we would go to group. The running backs would be with the O-line working on pass protection. We did that a lot. And then, you know, so we, we just kind of, and then we would go team. Team wasn't always as long um, just because the, the beauty of just doing what we did when we only ran zone and a run play and we had those, that all got put in in the summertime in those camp days. I mean, we were like bored by the time the rest of that stuff got here. So it was just constant technique training all the time. Okay. Well, coaches, A, give coach a follow on Twitter. Uh, his Twitter will, will be in there. Uh, so if you got any questions for coach, uh, like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. Um, check out our sponsor, Coach Pad. Otherwise, that's in our episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.